With the same signature scent that's in all Manscaped formulas, this cologne is the perfect complement to the collection. It's light, it's approachable, it's inviting, it's gentlemanly, in all the right ways, in the right places. Think of it as your wingman for the night to keep you fresh and ready for anything. Head over to manscaped.com and use the code BLACKMANCRY2, C-O-O, get 20% off, plus free shipping. Your balls and your body will thank you. Black Men Cry 2 is an invitation for men of color to feel safe to unpack their hurt and share their truth. This space was created as an invitation for men of color to feel empowered to know it's okay that they can cry too. Hey everyone, this is Peter. I want you to hop on the Manscaped, use the code BLACKMANCRY2 with two O's. Go over there, trim that junk of yours and tame that jungle. Your balls will thank you. Thank you, Peter, for sitting down with me today. Thank you for having me here. Of course, salute. Yes. To kick it off, I sort of want to talk about incarceration and how the system was designed and like set up during your time incarcerated. And if you feel comfortable sharing the reason and your experience being incarcerated, I know it's a heavy one to open with, <laughs> but follow me here. Okay. Well, I went to, I was incarcerated at a young age, 20 years old. And it was, it was definitely a culture shock to just be thrown from my normal life into got to figure out how this system works so it was just it was a lot like it took a toll on me a lot and to see like all the changes like prison is a totally different world from actual reality so now you have to adjust and you have to be quick if you're not quick you wind up in a bad situation so it was a lot and where like let's talk about where your upbringing was Okay. Where are you originally from? Well, I'm originally from East Harlem, Spanish <laughs> Harlem. And what situation even landed you being in Riker? Well, you know, regular, I got myself into what we think is a normal situation, a regular hood beef, and it wound up getting escalated to the point where weapons were involved. And I, want, and I went to handle the situation in a way that could have been handled easier. So... It wound up costing me a lot of years out of my life for that one decision. Maybe 20 seconds, a 20 second reaction cost me 10 years of my life. Wow, 10 years is a really long time. Yeah. You basically grew up within. Definitely. What did you do during your time there to prep yourself to come back into normal society as normal as we have made it here what really like prepped me for society was reading like reading a lot of magazines articles i love cosmopolitan better home and gardens espn mm. all those kind of magazines and that really kept me in the loop of what's going on i was even telling people when i used to talk to my family on the phone i would tell them about things they didn't even know about yet because i was reading yeah so and that was dope 
was the system doing anything when you were inside to help you guys prepare to come back into society? Absolutely not. The system just lets us waste waste our time. They want us to waste our time and not develop. And it's really up to you to work on your own development and prepare yourself. So what made you decide, I'm going to take this time to work on myself? Solitary confinement. Solitary confinement was my wake-up call. I did six months in solitary confinement. Wow. And you have nothing but time to think. In those moments, um, you know, your thoughts can either be escalated into a very dark place. Yes. Or they can be very reflective, which it sounds like was majority of what you were doing. Mm. Did you ever come to a time where you were flirting in between both? Definitely. Like, I, I remember hearing a Nipsey Hussle interview, and he said that on his path to success, he felt every emotion. And I really felt that, like, especially solitary confinement, I felt every emotion. Like, I've been at the darkest, at the lowest, and there's been time when I've had, like, so much fun and experienced so much joy because of the other brothers that were in there with me. We're trying to make light of a bad situation. So... It was more the unity and the support that really got me through my time in solitary. So it's more so like forming that community. Within. Yeah, definitely. It's like definitely small communities inside. And did that help you when you came back outside to keep this mindset of community? I want to keep building community. I want to keep helping my community. Yeah, because we're strongest when we're together. So if we're fighting each other, how are we supposed to make change against something that's bigger than us? That is a fact. United we stand, divided we, we fall. Um, if you can speak a little bit about your process, your mental health process inside. And, you know, this is something that you have shared. Um, you have a great story that yes. is on Black Wing Crisis website yes. under contributions. And for me, it was shocking to read because I didn't know that about you. So being able to read that was definitely powerful because I don't think we ever consider once people come home like what did you go through mentally how are you able to mentally break away from you were basically physically and mentally incarcerated so how are you able to mentally break away from the mindset of being incarcerated well that's taking a lot of time because in prison you follow a different code and standard of rules so now you come into regular society and it's like you can't act like that no more. Like in prison, everything, you have to have a quick reaction. So everything is zero to a hundred. It's either we're not gonna do nothing or we're gonna go to the extreme. But you can't do that, let's say your job or with a family member. So you have to learn how to express yourself, how to communicate, how to listen and understand other people's feelings also, because it's not always about you. Even though it might be your health, but maybe this person can help you or you can learn something from this experience a situation how did you take it upon yourself to learn like how did you learn how to express yourself how did you learn how to have these conversations with your partner your family well i'm i gotta give all the credit to my girlfriend like she's the one that pushes oh, she pushes for therapy i need to talk more i can't just automatically resort to violence because that's what i've learned to know like this is, has become my instinct, and that's not, it's not right. And it's only going to continue a vicious cycle that we need to break. That vicious cycle. 
with that, have you decided to move forward and look into therapy for yourself or even with your partner? Yes, I'm actually right now I'm actively seeking therapy because I do want to become a better person, not only for myself, but I have a daughter, too. And I want her to see that it's normal. It's OK to go to therapy. It's normal to express yourself and your feelings instead of having it bottled up and you explode. And then that explosion for me, instance, put me in a bad situation that changed my life. So, a very solid point. And with that, um, I just love using the hashtag, hashtag girlblad. <laughs> Do you have those open conversations with your daughter? Do you talk about your experience with your daughter or do you try to keep that separate? No, one thing that I've always told my daughter since she was young, because I went to prison, she was six months. No. My daughter's going to be 12 this year. So, but one thing I never wanted to do was lie to her. So I always let her know what my situation was. Look, if I was in prison, I'm not around, but I will be around one day. But while I'm here, I'm going to try to give you whatever tools that I can and try to teach you whatever that I can from this situation. And she appreciates me for it. even though she's young, she's at the rebellious age now. But <laughs> when she gets older, she'll realize, wow, dad was really giving me some gems. That's beautiful. I love that. Thank you. So you've been home for over a year. Yes. Um, welcome back. Thank you. Welcome back to what 2020 has been. <laughs> it's been a year. It has been a year. And seeing, you know, you came back in 2019. Yes. And now 2020 is here and you've seen everything that's happened. How do you see some similarities or what certain situations like Black Lives Matter movement, the closed Rikers movement, um, protecting black trans lives? How do you see them all sort of coincide together with the systematic like racism and the issues that we have in America with the systems that are designed for us to fail? Like, do you see similarities? Do you see how you can be a pillar to change in those movements? Yeah, because a lot of the, we're all the same people, just we're all put in different situations. So there's black and brown people in the street experiencing things the same way in prison. Prison is just a smaller scale, but it's the, we're all fighting against the same system. It's just broken into different parts and how we have to fight the system. That is a great way to think about it. It's just broken into different parts. Because um, I was speaking to some friends earlier about how every system in America 2020 has basically showed needs to be dismantled. Definitely. Every industry needs to be dismantled. Definitely. From medical to tech, yes. everything needs we to be dismantled. We definitely need a restart on everything. It definitely needs a restart. 2020 feels like a restart, but we definitely need to do a little <laughs> bit more work. 2020 is the phoenix and we rise out the ashes. I like that. Coin that. I love that. With that, I did see, and um, let me know if you had heard about it, in California, their governor has been pushing for this bill to help those that are incarcerated practice becoming a firefighter due to all the fires that are happening in California right now. And um, it seems that they're going to use it to help them go into that field once they're able to leave. Mm -hmm. But some people are against it because they feel like they're just exploiting the workers mm -hmm. to do labor that may possibly take their lives. Being that you were someone inside, do you see the benefit or do you see it as a negative? I mean, 
to me, it's like a double-edged sword because one, you opening up a door for people with felonies who already have so many doors closed. So this is a plus for us, for the guys who do want to bring change to their lives and do something positive. But we're still getting exploited while in prison to fight fires for, I think it's a dollar an hour. Wow, I didn't know Even New York State, they have a lot of industries where they make like the uniforms for the officers. They've even made uniforms for MTA workers and wow. the top pay in there is maybe 23 cents an hour. Oh my gosh, I didn't know that at all. Yes, even I've worked, I've done plumbing work, maintenance work, where we've done like steam pipes, sewage lines, and we was getting paid 20 cents an hour. While a civilian who works with us, he gets paid maybe $40, $50 with a pension, and he just watches us work. And then once you guys leave, they don't even help you mm. follow up to like, hey, you learned this great skill. Yeah. Let me see if I can help get you in a program so mm -hmm. you can polish up those skills. And a, lot, a lot of the times they don't even give us the proper certifications to prove that we know these things. So we could walk into a job and say, hey, I'm a plumber. I've been plumbing five years. And they're like, well, do you have a cert certificate? I'm like, no, the prison never gave me one. So it's like, well, how do we really know you know how to do this? So it doesn't really help us. We basically, we're the ones that keep the jails running. We clean everything. We serve the food. We fix everything. So without us, they don't have nothing. But we don't have the unity yet to fight against that or the knowledge yet. And since you guys are the ones that are exploited the most and help the least, when these movements were happening throughout this year, close Rikers, Black Lives Matter, defund the police, what was your stance on it? I'm all for it. Like, I'm all for the change. We need to defund the police and put more money into our education, especially in our neighborhoods, the impoverished neighborhoods that are not getting the funding that they need or they don't have enough teachers for the students. and. This is all a cycle. If we're not taught these things at a younger age, we make bad decisions that lead to bad uh, living arrangements. So in America, it seems like you commit a crime, they place you in this place, you serve time, and then they place you back into the world, and that's it. No rehabilitation, mm -hmm. so to speak. In a perfect world, what would be better practices that since you being someone who experienced it should be adopted to actually help prepare you guys. Well, definitely mental health services. Inside. Is, yes, is definitely number one because a lot of people who are in prison have like bad trauma that they've been through. So they seek things like drugs or gangs as a family unit and they don't really know this is not right. They're just looking for comfort or some type of stability that they're not getting at home. So mental health is definitely one, especially in prison. Prison is not a normal situation for any human to be in. So it's definitely traumatic. And to be released from that and just to be told, all right, well, go ahead, figure it out. is not right. Like you put us in this situation and then just leave us out. It doesn't work like that. Um, with that, how do you think or do you think that a lot of people are even aware that they're carrying such trauma? No, a lot of people don't even know because we think it's normal and everybody else we know goes through the same thing. So it's like this is like we're supposed to go through it. Like it's either man up or fold.
And that's not it. We need to learn that this is not normal. We need to stop this and we need to be able to express ourselves. How can we start deprogramming our brain to think that way? What do you think would help? It all starts with knowledge. You got to know better. If you knew better, you definitely do better. <laughs> I so. say that to myself when I like eat a chocolate chip cookie <laughs> and then get on the scale and I'm like, you didn't lose any weight. Nah, you know why. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, with the knowledge, do you think that this is something that would be important to have more conversations with men of color in the community to speak to the youth in the community? Like, how can we continue sharing this knowledge within our community? Because it seems like sometimes in the black community, one person will know something, get the cheat code, mm -hmm. hold on to it, yeah. never share it. Yeah. And then we're all scrambling, trying to figure it out. Yeah. Though a lot of people do do that. We are guilty of that because there's a lot of times where we'll put somebody on to something and they'll mess it up for everybody or they'll use it for something that it's not meant for and exploit it. And now it ruins it for everybody. But I feel like the biggest problem that we have as people of color is that these topics are not being brought up by people we can relate to. Okay. So... Me growing up, like therapy was always a white people thing. Like yeah. it was never, I've never known anybody personally who went to therapy or felt that they needed therapy. So now we're being, we're being introduced to it. And now we're starting to see more people like us that's going. So that makes me like, man, he's just like me. So why it worked for him? Why not I try it? Why wouldn't I try it? And I think that's the biggest thing that we don't have. Like we don't have people who look like us advocating for this and now you're one of those people yes i am I appreciate that. being one of those people now do you think it's tough as a man to step out and say i need help definitely it definitely is because most men especially me are the type that i don't like to ask anybody for anything like if i could do it i'm gonna do it if not i'll try to figure it out so it's hard to ask somebody else for that help but if you don't know how to help yourself, you have to ask somebody who's qualified. And we have to be more comfortable with talking to people and networking. Even my release from prison, when I first got released, I was so on edge because I'm so used to having my guard up. So it was hard for me to interact with people and be social because my mentality was still in prison. So now I'm starting to shed that away and I'm starting to be more social and talk to people and network. And it's actually helping with my own mental health because now I get to see different perspectives. I have more people I can reach out to, things like that. That's beautiful. I'm here for your journey. <laughs> Thank you. With that, I'm going to ask, what message would you give the youth? Okay, my biggest message to the youth is learn how to be your best company. So basically what I'm trying to say is, if you can't enjoy your own company, how do you expect to enjoy anybody else's or for somebody else to enjoy your company? Like you have to be okay with who you are, the flaws, the things you like, the things you don't like, everything about you, the weirdness, whatever quirks you have. You have to be comfortable with that because if you're not, how do you expect somebody else to be? 
I feel like 2020 has taught a lot of us that lesson, <laughs> being that we had to be forced inside yeah. with ourselves or whoever you live with. And it's like, wow, you do this really annoying thing. And who's going to love you if you keep doing this annoying thing? Let's uh -huh. work on that. <laughs> Me personally, I'm like, wow, you were toxic in the past. How do people date you? Definitely. Um, and now for the hardest question, my favorite. Give me three songs that you listen to mm -hmm. that help you get through any mood. It could be a happy mood, an angry mood. Um, I need to do a thousand push-ups mood. <laughs> okay, well, my number one song right now is Grateful, Mahalia. Haven't. It's a great song. Is it a new one? It's, I think it came out last year. Okay. It's I a great it. song. Gotta check it out. Um, Cold-Blooded, Meek Mill. Definitely one. And two one five, Philadelphia. And keep your head up, Tupac. That is a classic. It can't go wrong with Pac. Such a classic. The voice of the people. He it he was between him and Biggie, I don't understand how they were ahead of their own time. And when I think about the age they were mm -hmm. when they lost their lives, I'm yeah. like, How were you this brilliant at that young age? Yeah. Like I have half of your brilliance and <laughs> I'm six years older than what you were. Yeah. But those are some great, great ones. Thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you. Peter, thank you so much for sitting down with us today and sharing your truth and being open. I know that is definitely a process with the men in the community. And I thank you for being an example and a pillar. And I am excited to watch your journey. Thank you so much for having me. I love your platform. So great. Thank you. I truly appreciate that. With that, as always, thank you for tuning in. And you can make sure you can follow us on Instagram as well as YouTube at Black Men Cry Too, and that's T-O-O. -O. Thank you for tuning in.